You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, every now and again, we bring you a surprise guest on the Real Health Podcast. Uh, we've had Adam Clayton, we've had Simon Harris, just people you wouldn't expect to be on the podcast. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Byrne. Claire, thank you so much for coming to the studio. How's You're things? very welcome. Delighted to be here. Oh. I'm delighted to be in such illustrious company on your <laughs> list as well. And <laughs> so let's talk, I suppose, fitness to start with and health. It it plays a fairly big role in your life. Yeah, it's important to me. Um, and I always feel better when I'm fit. Um, and, and you know that because we've talked about this a lot in the past. And I really enjoy running. But I'm, a, I'm just in this moment now where I, I got an injury from doing a half marathon in November and it's just not, I'm not quite there yet. So I'm not back running yet and I'm kicking myself every day for not running. But yet I'm not putting the work in on the physio side to sort it out. So that's where I'm at. And also I struggle a little bit and it's no excuse. And you're going to probably tell me it's no excuse, but having three small children and work. It just makes it really difficult to get up and do something. the best excuse ever. <laughs> I, don't know how, I, I, I don't know how you do it. And that's one of the questions I had for you. Because we'll have our, you know, people listening in who have children, who have yeah. jobs. They're trying to juggle that plus their own health. Mm, it, it's hard. And, you know, you get to, like, we're, we're lucky we get them all to bed early. But you get to that point about half seven, eight o'clock. You think, I just want to sit down after I've put the dishwasher on and filled the washing machine and and when you've done all the bits, you just don't feel like doing it. Now, the other option is, and I know some people who do this and I really admire them as well, getting up really, really early in the morning, like half five, six Mm o'clock and going and putting yourself through an horrendous gym class for 40 minutes and then you're done for the day. Part of me likes the idea of doing that, but I haven't gotten to the stage where I'm doing it yet or or where I've signed up for it. So... I'm just mulling things over at the moment. When I was running, I found it great because I could just go out the door of the house mm-hmm. and go, which is not right either because you should warm up and I wasn't doing that. That probably led me to where I'm at. Yeah, it's not a test, don't worry. But it's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't have to think about it. I don't mm-hmm. have to get in the car and go somewhere to do it. And it's enjoyable and makes you feel better and you can listen to a podcast or whatever it might be while you're doing it. So ideally, that's where I want to get back to. But... Because of this injury now, I, you know, I'm doing a 20 minute walk and I'm sore. So I just need to wow. sort that out now and fix it. I know what it is and everything. I'm just not doing the right things. And running is something that it, it works for you on a lifestyle basis. Do you get the kick from it, the endorphin rush from Absolutely. it? De-stressing Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm hugely competitive with myself. And I love that element of it where I'm beating my time per kilometre every time I go out or I'm getting a little bit further or I'm doing a little bit longer in terms of minutes. And I really enjoy that. And it's not because I'm on an app competing with other people. I'm competing with myself every time I go out. And I just really enjoy seeing myself making some progress. Um, Now, I probably went too quickly into the half marathon in November uh, last year. But having a goal as well is really important to me. So signing up for something and being able to do it and being able to finish it, even though I was hobbling over the line when I did it, I did it. And so that's a that's something I enjoy as well. And you've always been very driven and competitive, I... focused, ambitious. God, am I? Uh, I suppose I am. It's not not consciously, but I suppose that's just the way I'm, I'm made. And a lot of the competition is with myself, you know? Okay. A lot of it is, even when I'm broadcasting and doing my job, I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to learn from other people and 
just to just to improve all of the time. You know, it's it's a everything is a learning process. Um, parenting, fitness, broadcasting, nice. the whole lot of it. Yeah. And in in terms of work, how does that work then? Do you do you have people who you would get opinions on how the show went? Do you watch it back? Do yeah, you, I mean, I'm. Do you I'm, critique it or? I'm really bad at watching things back. I don't do that. I'm not comfortable with doing that. But I'm fairly good at knowing what went right and what went wrong while okay. I'm in the moment. And I'm lucky in that I work with great editors, and we always have chats after the program. What went right? What went wrong? What we? What can we improve? What would we not ever do again? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really trust those people implicitly, and it's their job to to tell me, you know, where when I go really badly wrong and when I'm doing okay so um, that's really how I figure that out and it's innate as well I think you know or you should know when things have worked and when things haven't and when things haven't how do you handle that because um, people who listen in I, myself you have bad days where stuff doesn't yeah. go right and, and learning from people who can deal with that is I think it's kind of interesting I well for me it's always about preparation you know it always is about preparation and I think my my rule for myself is it's irresponsible to go into a, a broadcast without having done the prep work. You might need all of the information that you're reading and that you're finding out about, but it's it's about having respect for your audience, actually, and it's about having respect for the people who are coming into a, a studio to do an interview with you, that you have done the backup. And you need to not bluff your way through that because people will see through it mm-hmm. and you're also going to fall into a pothole if you do that and I think it's important to say sometimes as well when you're in the middle of an interview I didn't know that or can you explain or I'm sorry I got that wrong um, and just to be very open and, and authentic in that way but always it's about prep for me and if things go wrong and I haven't prepared and that's why the something went wrong then I'm in trouble with myself <laughs> you know then I'm in trouble with myself because that's my own fault and some things are you know not within your control and I don't think you can spend time beating yourself up about that um, but yeah doing your homework point number one that's yeah, get, yeah. get your prep done that's mm-hmm. the thing that's the bit people don't see yeah, uh, in terms I, of TV I suppose not but I think there's an expectation from your audience particularly in news and current affairs that mm-hmm. you would have done your homework yeah, yeah. and you would have read the papers and read you know the backup stuff that um, that you can get on different subjects I think that's an expectation and it's a pretty reasonable one as far as I'm concerned um, Was TV always the goal? No In life? No oh, that, was a very, that was a very quick answer <laughs> No it wasn't it was an accident <laughs> it was an accident I was a radio person and I had worked as a news reporter in radio in uh, Jersey in the Channel Islands, my first proper job. And I worked for the BBC over there in a commercial station and I was a news editor. So I was someone who was on the beat. I was going to crime stories and I was doing court reporting and all of that. And then I decided to come home and I didn't know anybody in the industry in Ireland. So I just fired out as many CVs as I could print out. And TV3 offered me a job, uh, TV3 as it was. And it was the best job on offer at the time. And I thought, Asher, I'll give this a go. But I knew nothing about television, nothing. I remember thinking how exciting it was to have somebody put your makeup on <laughs> before <laughs> I went in. It never happened before. And yeah, and, and went from there. But I've, I've been really lucky to be able to keep the radio side as well. So that's one of the things that I'm really thankful for in my life, that I get the opportunity to do both. And I've done a bit of um, newspaper work as well in terms of, of writing a column, which I'm drifting back into now through the, the RTE website doing blogs. So, yeah, I, I've been lucky that I've been doing all three and mainly TV and radio. But I get asked and you want to ask me, what's my first love? Maybe you're not, but I was going there. Radio, probably by 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 a sliver. But TV offers just something else that you'll never get on radio, which mm-hmm. is the visual. It's the whole package. But there's something really intimate about radio that um 
that is uh, unmatchable, you know. So yeah, like them both. Okay, and I'm fascinated about how how you handle the pressure of it. Um, I've asked I asked lots of guests this yeah. guests in the public eye particularly in terms of because the, the the pressure of being in the spotlight mm. particularly for you because uh, with your TV show it's your show you are the host you are the person there's nowhere else to buffer or there's nowhere there's nobody else to make a mistake or there's nobody else around it is you and you alone mm-hmm. how do you handle the pressure of that um it's normally not a problem um and I and I think and I, I have seen this myself, people coming in who are doing interviews who are very, very worried about it and nervous. And you can tell that maybe they've been ill about it. <laughs> they're, they're so nervous. I just think they shouldn't be there. That, you know, you shouldn't put yourself forward for that interview if it's going to do that to you and cause you that much stress. In the same way that if I'm going to be stressed and worried and, you know, in an awful mess every time I'm about to walk onto a TV set, I shouldn't be doing the job either. So I can I can handle the pressure and okay. I can take it and it. I think it ramps up your performance a little bit. You know, a bit of tension. A little and a bit, bit of nerves stress. is good. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Too much is too much. And, mm-hmm. and you really shouldn't be there if, that, if that's what's happening to you. Um, in terms of the show being just me and being on my own, normally that's fine. A really strange thing happened to me where I got upset at the start of the show. Okay. We were talking about Brexit in the context of the Good Friday Agreement and we were dealing with people who've lost their lives in the Troubles. And I had the father of a, a chap, Aidan Gallagher, who was 21, who was killed in the own bomb. And his, his father, Michael, was there. And I got upset. And there was nowhere to run and there was nowhere to hide. And it caught me by surprise. Um, and I had a physical reaction to it. I got really cold after that happened. Wow. And a couple of tears fell. And then I just got really cold because I think I was just shocked that the professional veneer was gone for that moment. But that was a very genuine, unexpected, unplanned thing that happened. Um, and again, I think you just have to be honest. Uh, and I was honest and I was, you know, it was clear to people at home that I was quite genuinely affected mm-hmm. by the fact that this man was sitting there and we were looking at footage from the bomb. And it was just heartbreaking, really heartbreaking. And you can't pretend that that stuff doesn't get to you. It's, it was an incredibly emotional story. Mm. It was bound to. Yeah. And yeah. that crack, that vulnerability mm-hmm. then, that definitely scared you. It did a little bit, and I think um, it probably comes from the big change in my life over the last six years, which yeah. has been the advent of my three children. And it just makes you see the world through a different lens. And, you know, I'm sitting here with this man watching this footage, thinking about his baby, because, you know, his son was 21, but they're always your babies. And um, this really unfair, incomprehensible cruel, horrible, despicable thing that happened to him and to his family. And it could be any one of us, you know, it really could be any one of us. And you just want to grab your children and hold them really, really tightly to you. Um, And yeah, I mean, you just get that perspective. And I think that's what happened to me, really. I think that's what I was thinking about in that moment. And career is something that you can, I can get it. Like I, we've known each other a long time, but yeah. I've got it even more now that we're chatting <laughs> through this medium. It's fascinating. Career is a big thing for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now you have three children. Yes. A dog. Yes. Jerry. <laughs> how do you, how do you juggle between the two of them? How do you switch off? Is there, a, do you have tools? Do you put your phone in the phone box when you walk in the door or no, are there ways at no. which you switch off between the two or do you not? I'm bad with the phone thing. I'm bad. Hands up. It's not a good situation. I just, <laughs> but I, in this game, it's, it's a lifeline really. Um, you know, the radio is on and the phone is on and it's sort of a constant thing and I'm working on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but how do I switch off? Yeah. 
oh gosh I love to read at night time and I love to read an actual book with pages that turn rather oh, yeah, than I reading on my books. yeah I do a little bit sometimes you know if I, I see something and I download it on my phone and it's there I have been known to download something on my phone and then if I really like it I go out and buy the hard copy as well because I want to have the real thing <laughs> um, so I like to read and that really helps me to wind down and at that yeah. moment in time the phone is gone and it's over and I'm reading fiction generally to escape everything else um, I was trying a bit of yoga which I must go back to just myself at home and mm-hmm. I found that brilliant for completely winding down and relaxing but I'm not doing that at the moment so I can't claim to be It's <laughs> alright that's okay um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's it, really. I mean, time with my family is winding down. I have less time to spend. I don't have the luxury of lots of time to spend on work anymore. You know, and, and I had a lot of my adult life where I could spend lots of time doing work. Of course, but yeah. I'm good at working quickly and I'm good at condensing things and, and getting through it in, in jig time. So that's fine. Um, but yeah, once I get home and spend time with my family and, you know, we made up a song about cabbage yesterday when we were eating <laughs> our dinner and it's great crack. So, you know, that, that's, that's downtime, really, you know. Okay, so it's fun then. Ah, it is. It is, it is, it is. And it's getting better and better as they develop their own personalities. You know, we have a four and a five-year-old and a 20-month-old and you can see how different they are now and you get an indication of the type of people they're going to be as time moves on. Um, And do you see a lot of your own characteristics? um, I I do, but it twists and turns, you know. I would have said that my daughter was exactly like me personality-wise, but now she's changing and becoming a different person and and there are things Patrick will say and do and I I think, oh, that's a little bit of me or that's a little bit of Jerry. So, you know, they're their own people, really. I I don't want them to be like me. I want them to be like themselves. Let's chat food and exercise again Mm -hmm. then a little bit. So exercise-wise, you know, running is your thing. Hopefully, you're gonna you, you'll be back to that. Yeah. In terms of food, how do you juggle that? Then um, again, really busy life. Really busy life. I um, actually, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I was following the Michael Mosley plan. The oh yeah, five fa- two, five two. Yeah. yeah, fasting, and I found that the best way to live, bar none. I think really? it's absolutely brilliant. Why? Because you do it on two days a week. Yeah. Um, where you where you restrict your you're back you, to what, 400, 600? So for a man, it's 600 calories yeah. in a 24-hour period. For a woman, it's 500. It's very low. Very low. But it's just for one day. <laughs> and then you go back and you eat normally. And then, you know, and I do it on a Monday. And I have okay. two shows on a Monday. I'm in work at 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't leave until 1 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Or I'm not home till about 1 o'clock on Tuesday morning. And it's really doable. I just do it and get on with it because I'm distracted. And... The real benefit is the next day where you feel really clean and light and you've given your system a little break Mm -hmm. from digesting all of that stuff that we normally shove down our gobs every day. Um, And it's great for controlling your weight. I do it about one day a week now. Control is the word there. You love the control of the the structure of it, I would imagine, too. I, I, I don't like being overweight. It annoys me and bothers me. And, you know, I always have a few pounds that I'd like to get rid of, don't we all? But I just find with this, without having to think about it too much, apart from on the one or two days a week when you do the fasting, some people control their calories as well on their mm-hmm. non-fasting days. I never okay. did that. Um, that you, you, you manage it. So it's just really doable. My husband does it as well. Just, you know, it's, it's been a great thing in our house. And my, I have loads of family and friends who have, who have taken up the 5-2 way. And, uh, and so how does your 500 calorie day look then? Oh, you'd hate this now because it's on. really unhealthy. <laughs> so when I'm five hundred calories, hardly. Well, be. when Go I'm on. when I'm in work, you see, what I do is I I bring in these two uh, naked noodle soups, 
right? Naked noodle soup. Yeah. Okay. So soup, water, noodle and water. It's it's like a cup of soup with noodles in it. (laughs) So I try and get through till about (laughs) twelve o'clock, and I'll make one of those about twelve o'clock. Okay. And I'll have that, and because it's that'll your first. That's your first meal. That's my first meal. Nothing until then. Water and coffee. And then, you can see your face now here, girl. And then I'll try and struggle through. I sort of feel hungry then about three, half three. And I might have another one or I might have my calorie counted frozen meal. Yes. Later on in the day. And that's it. So and it's really easy to do because you've got the calories on the box. So you're done. Whereas if I'm at home, it's easier to make chicken breast and salad or whatever. And then you're having a more probably more nutritious meal as part of your fast. Mm -hmm. But I like fasting in work because of the distraction, because when you're at home with the fridge in the kitchen, it's much more difficult to do it. But you just have to keep telling yourself, I'll be free in the morning. And I I love spending my day imagining what I'm going to eat the next day. (laughs) I'm free to eat stuff. What's your favourite meal then? There we go. Let's take it to there. Oh, gosh. What's my favourite meal? Um, You know, on those really hungry days, I always think about poached eggs and buttered toast the next morning. I don't know why. Yeah, I go through this thing where I think, oh, and I can see the black pepper on the eggs and they're just (laughs) done to perfection and the butter is melting into the white bread. And I've given up my fatwa, by the way, against white bread. I just think that that's a nonsense. I think all banned foods, that that shouldn't be a thing with Mm -hmm. us. Um, so I don't ban anything. and I don't ban white bread. I fantasize about white bread when I'm fasting. <laughs> and ban poached eggs and black pepper. Yeah, it's just really nice. You genuinely, you, you, no, there's I a do. lot of depth I, and thought there. Be, That's the most deep answer I've ever got to that question. I never. Well, because when, you, when, when you're fasting, you're thinking about when can I eat next? And breakfast is when you can eat next. And that's the breakfast that I want when I'm there in that moment. And what, what's what's a what's what's a what's a treat meal then? What's a what's a, a mad meal out or a, I don't know? You're having a really See, bad day. You want something? We cook a lot at home because it's a torture going anywhere with three small children. It's just they can't wait for food and they don't like the stuff that they're you know on menus and all the rest. So we eat a lot at home. We have a lot of big roast dinners. You know. We have a competition to try and find the best chicken that you can find and, and, and roast that and roast beef on a Sunday and different things. So we're, we're home cooking people. Um, and I find when you're the chef, which I am in my house, um, you don't really enjoy the food as much. No, no, I cooked the Christmas dinner for the first time ever this year. And I'd say I had about a third of the plate when actually I couldn't eat it. Yeah. I had no interest in eating it. Yeah. It was relevant. Because you, you're kind of anxious, you know, is it all right? And, you know, will other people like it? And then you've been looking at it for so bloody long that by the time you sit down to eat it, you don't want it. Um, so, yeah, food has become more functional, really, for me, because I'm, I'm concentrating all the time on what are they going to eat tomorrow? How I got food in for Thursday? You know, and that's that's where I am with it. Not to say I don't enjoy food. Gosh, you know, I love it. Out where we live, we've got an amazing Indian and very occasionally we'll go out there and eat mm-hmm. the two of us. You know, I like I like all sorts of food. I'm not a big kind of, oh, I have to have this now. Um, I like good food and I like food where the flavour comes through. Um, we recently got a steam oven, which is a great thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's a really healthy way to cook, but also you just retain the flavour and the the, the 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 essence of the vegetable. So a carrot starts to taste like a carrot again, <laughs> which is great. Um, so yeah, I like good flavours, good honest flavours, um, and simple stuff really. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's look to the future. Yes. Where's it going to go, in terms of health, in terms of <sighs> work, in terms of what's next? Well, I'm conscious more than ever of the need to stay alive for as long as possible. Um, 
because of children, you know. I mean, there was a time <laughs> where... You are know, 28 was, now, after ah, all. You know. yeah, I don't mind that. I don't, I don't mind that reading at all. I'm not paying attention to it. Um, but no, I think more than ever, it's really important to, be, to, to eat well and yeah. to, to get a bit of exercise in, however we can do that. But it's just a pity that it takes until you're, for most people or people like me, or me, maybe it's just me, it takes until you're sort of in your early 40s before you realise the importance of that. Um because I had a devil may, may care attitude for a long time. I know I did exercise and stuff, but I don't know if I was as focused as I should have been over the years. So hopefully I'll um, find a way to find some sort of an exercise regime that I can maintain and enjoy and do some strength training, which is so important for women. I know. See, I know all of, all of the information. I just need to apply myself and do what I need to do. You're very self-critical. <laughs> I don't think that is. And one, if you, not in well, terms if you of strength training, but no. in terms of reflection, you're like in terms of looking back in your twenties no, and thirties. If I was sitting here and I was out running every second day, I'd be delighted with myself and have a different person. I'm sitting here going, I am doing no exercise. I'm doing nothing apart from lifting children, and I know that that is bad and that I should be doing some exercise. So, I think the self criticism is completely justified. There you go. It's frustration. <laughs> it's a little bit, a little yeah. bit of frustration. But I, I'm frustrated at, like, at my laziness, really, because I know I could be doing stuff. Do you know, I could be doing stuff at home. I don't have to go leave the house. Or I don't have to run. I could be doing all sorts of strength training and stuff. I know what I need to do. I'm just not doing it. Well, your physio, physio homework's crew. No one ever does physio homework. All the yeah, phys- physios no. around the country are frustrated and I know. with their clients because they, they, people, they, don't they do just, the homework. for whatever reason, they just don't do it. Yeah. Know. I think you do, well, maybe it's me, you need somebody kind of shouting at you <laughs> to do it. Someone like Carl Henry. <laughs> Scream more. And, and what about work then? So the, that's the, the, the kind of the exercise component of, of your life is to find something that fits into your schedule. Yeah. Something that you can do in the long term. If it yeah. becomes running again, probably building it up a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. What about work though? Because you know, you're career driven. Yeah. You're in an amazing um, place as is. Yeah, I'm very happy doing it. I'm doing, I'm doing the Claire Bear Live show and the news at one I suppose I'd like to do a bit more <laughs> if I didn't have enough going on you in my life correct, yeah. yeah I mean um, who knows what's what's coming down the line and I don't know but I'd like to do different things I'd like to be challenged I always think that three years is a good time to make a think about switching what you're doing and, and moving on um, but you know I'm very happy I'm very happy doing what I'm doing and also we're living in the era of Brexit and it's just such a fascinating time you know, watching all of this unfold or not, as appears to be the case now. So, uh, you know, I'm right in the centre of all of that. And as a news person, you couldn't want to be in a better place. But I never say no to new opportunities. I never rule anything in. I never rule anything out. I never say I want that specific show or, you know, to travel down that road because I think that can be too restrictive. Options open all of the time and try and say no to things as little as possible. As little as possible? Yeah, yeah. I think you should just do things and see how they work out. Unless they feel completely wrong, obviously, don't do them. But in terms of my career, saying yes has been one of the best things that I've done, you know. And have you ever had, in terms of facing your fears career-wise, do you have any fears that you, you obviously don't? Uh, like You just jump in feet first and swim. Um, facing fears, facing fears. Probably face my fears every single day, you know, really. When you're doing interviews on subjects, because in my business, you know a little bit about everything, but you don't know a lot about much. <laughs> so, um, you know, you're dealing with people who are immersed in their area 
whatever the news story might be of the day. So you're facing a fear in terms of every interview that you do that you're going to know enough to get what the public expects you to get from that person. Um, but I'm not afraid of facing my fears. God, I'm getting very deep. I'm not really. No, this is I'm not. Th- like you, um, you've got to be brave in life. Mm-hmm. Um, because we have people who listen in and, and to the podcast all the time. Yeah. We like to give them content and tips from the guests that we yeah. have in, whether it's a guest talking about a book or, or talking about a, an exercise or whatever. Mm. And with yourself, it's a guest who has, from what I can see, very little fear. Yeah. He well, says yes to the stuff that scares them. He drives I, forward. I hope I'm not misrepresenting myself here because I'm not a pioneer, but no, no, I no. do think you just have to keep pushing ahead yeah. and... Um, deal with the roadblocks that present themselves and try and get over them and try and move on. And I work with great people in, in RTE. I, I mentioned them before, the editors and the producers who I will take guidance from. If something is the right thing to do on a programme on a certain day, I will do everything in my power to make it happen. It was like that um, metabolic age test. So my instinct was to say, I am not getting weighed like a heifer on the television. <laughs> I am not doing that and taking off my shoes. And I had to go on Sunday and get my nails done. <laughs> <laughs> and all of that. I didn't want to do it, but I just thought everybody's talking about basically uh, over yeah, Edgar. Course, the yeah. whole country was talking about it. It's a great idea to do it on the show. So I just have to stop being um, nimby pimby about it and just do it. So that's that's a small example, I suppose, where you just yeah. have to face your fear and do it anyway. Um, and, yeah, and the fear of that if the number was bad, which it would, which it wasn't going to be. But well, if it, it might was. have been. It might have been. And you know, I I've, I don't know if I did the test again, what would the number be? I don't know. <laughs> I, I know that scales. You can't cheat it. Really? For sure, trust okay. me. Okay. Twenty five well, grand's worth the kit. I got away. I got away <laughs> with it anyway. I got away with it. <laughs> Folks, as ever, you are listening to The Real Health Podcast in association with AI Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. I really hope you've enjoyed our episode today with Claire Byrne. It's been fascinating having her in studio. I've known Claire a long time and I know her even better having chatted to her over the course of the last uh, 25 to 30 minutes. As ever, if you have any questions, you can let us know. It's realhealth at independent.ie or on social, it's at carlhenrypt. And as always, don't forget to rate and review. Even the bad ratings and reviews, we've no fear about them either. We love them. So have a great day and we'll see you soon. Slot. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.